0: Well, today I, I, uh, I feel like and have felt for several weeks about talking about prayer. And I understand that maybe not everyone feels exuberant or whatever, but I can just tell you that having walked with God for many, many years, I love prayer. I'm excited about prayer. I love talking to my Heavenly Father. And I love hearing what He has to say to me. Because He's very specific. You know, it's one thing to read Scripture and the stories, but here's what I always come back to. God, what are You saying about me today in what I'm reading? We're all familiar with other denominations and organizations, and I'm not being critical of any of them, but there's readings and there's prayers and there's things like that, and if we're not careful, they lose their personal touch inside of us. May it never be said of us that we prayed a prayer and didn't mean it. May it never be said that we read the Word of God and it didn't pertain to us today. Never think for one moment when you take time to be with God that you've wasted your time. Never. It may be manifest in your life at that moment. It may take years, but it's never a waste. Never a waste. And so I just want to encourage you, and I trust that as we go through this today, that you will be, you'll find yourself and your connection with prayer. I'm gonna say right off the bat that I'm going to refer to two books today. One is The Purpose in Prayer by E. M. Bounds, and the other is is Prayer Moves God by Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams. Now, don't get carried away. He's a friend of mine. I don't know that well. But I will tell you that during my season with a brain tumor, I watched him over and over, message after message after message. And when I went to Africa, I had the opportunity to go and meet him, something that people said could not be done. And in a matter of moments, I found myself in his, having gone through security and in his office, and I had the opportunity to express to him my gratitude for his ministry. And of course, he didn't know me at that time, but I said, I'm just here to tell you, how much you have meant to me in this past season. And he graciously um, took my appreciation and we had a lovely visit together and then we were on our way out the door and, and moving on. But I want to I wanna talk to you just for a few moments about prayer. Last time I alluded to this brochure and they're still out there on the table, and you're welcome to get it. This describes briefly, although it is lengthy, but trust me, it's briefly, um, the vision of this house. And one of the things that I want to talk about today is prayer-saturated community. Prayer-saturated community. And the title of my message will be Prayer saturated community begins with prayer saturated individuals. Individuals. Can I tell you, you'll never have a prayer saturated community until you and I become prayer saturated ourselves? Never. It'll never happen. And so today I want to try my best to communicate to you how exciting and how enjoying it is to spend time with God. People have different ideas of prayer and locations of prayer um, and definitions of prayer. Let me just give you one, and this, this is for everyone in the room and watching over the internet whether you're a young person or an older person prayer is communication with god it's interaction with god our lord and savior i just wanted to make it real simple any time that you're communicating with god not only from us to him but allowing him to us to tell us stuff That is prayer. This has always been the desire of God. Even in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, we know the story. God walked through the garden with them. Adam and Eve were given authority and dominion over the earth. But because of sin, that authority was handed over to Satan. Therefore, separation between sinful man and God took place. Sinful man rejected God, but when we accept God as our Lord and Savior, that desire to communicate with God comes alive again. Prayer is a communication with God and inviting Him into our world and asking Him to intervene in our life or in our world. Prayer is one of the main ways to build relationship with God. Of course, reading His Word is another way. Prayer is so important in our life. It's like the blood that goes through our veins. It reaches every part of our body and brings life to it. I like to say it's like a Christmas tree and you hang the ornaments on it and it holds them. Prayer is the backbone, it's the structure of your personal life that enables God to come and be involved in your world. We all know the importance of communication, especially in marriage. Of course I'm going to bring that up. When I go on a long trip or a trip overseas or whatever, I I tell my wife... I'm going to be out of pocket for three days and then I'll be in civilization and I'll give you a call or try to find an internet cafe or and try to contact you. It's just something about talking with her. It's something about uh, hearing her voice. Something about just sh- telling her. Sometimes I don't even have a phone, but I find some internet cafe or... Or uh, as we did one time not too long ago, everything was shut down, so we pulled the truck underneath a cell phone tower. And our heads begin to glow. No, I just... just, But communication. Communication is about telling each other things or listening to each other. It brings about understanding one another. It builds a bond between each other. It's expressing to each other. And it does include requesting. Not demanding. John 14, 13, And whatsoever you ask in My name, I will do it, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Telling God your needs And don't forget to thank him for the answer. But prayer is not always about asking for something. You ever been around somebody who all they do is ask? (laughs) Ask for this. Yeah, but this. And I need this. And so on and so forth. How? I'll just be honest with you if that's not annoying to you, your annoyer button is broken. How, how much relationship can you really have with somebody who requires it to be a one-way street? How deep can you really get with them? Because as soon as you try to share something about your life, they interrupt you, and they're telling you about their woes and needs, and it's just draining. But when you have a relationship that's a two-way street, it could be husband and wife, it could be parent and child, it could be friend and associate, it could be anything, but a two-way relationship. Your relationship is enabled to be built and made stronger. The first point that I want to make is prayer builds relationship with God. As I said, it's the backbone of who we are. It's the thing that strengthens us and causes us to have that bond with Christ. Satan has always tried to keep man away from God. Always. Separated from God, against God cutting off communication, making you feel that you can't pray because God isn't listening. He comes at you with discouragement and hopeless. And you know, he always lies. Lies about God. The truth cannot come out of his mouth. It'll be twisted some way or the other. For someone here who's been listening to the devil... Can I tell you, don't waste your time. Don't waste your time with Him. Fix your attention on God and only listen to Him. The main purpose for the veil or the separation is to keep us blinded in dark, ignorant, desensitized, and eventually to discredit the Word of God to the believers So that we stop believing God's word and blame God for everything bad that happens. How many of you met somebody? I can't believe God let this happen. God caused this to happen. We expect that He should prevent bad things from happening to us, but God gave man dominion over the earth to rule the earth which requires us to pray, intercede, and use the Word of God to overrule, override, and overturn the works of darkness. By discrediting the Word of God, He gets us to deny our faith and lose our hope in the ability of God to help us. That is what Satan did to Adam and Eve in the garden. You remember that story. The devil asked the question, didn't God say that you could eat of the trees in the garden? And Eve said, all but the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden. Don't touch it lest you die. And the devil's response was a lie. You will not die. I told you, lies come out of his mouth. Here is an example of it. In a conversation with Adam and Eve, he lies. You will not die. Number two, prayer invites God into our world. He shapes our world and forms it by our prayers. Let me read this to you. It is the prayers of the saints that make heaven to produce a response from our Father. Luke 18, verse 1, Jesus says, Men ought always to pray and not faint. We must not get weary in prayer. We must pray until the prayers are answered. God wants us to, get quote, Give Him no rest until our prayers are answered. 1 Thessalonians 5, it says, Pray without ceasing. It is the persistent prayer that breaks resistance. Prayer is a daily necessity for daily triumph. God has chosen to govern His kingdom by the simple law of asking and receiving. It is the anointed strategy of God. God. Jesus told us in Matthew 7, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. A prayerless Christian and a prayerless church will never be able to exercise the dominion mandate. The answer is according to, To the power that works in you. We're all familiar with that scripture in Ephesians. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Here's the phrase. According to the power that works in us. That's his power. That's the power of the Holy Spirit that comes to you and comes on you when you ask for his help. If we want more power when dealing with the enemy we must spend more time in prayer. Prayer is the thing that moves God on our behalf. I remember a number of years ago and I'm trying to think I think that it was an Indian pastor that I was with and here's the way he said it. He said little prayer little power. Some prayer some power. Much prayer, much power. That's good. That's good. Much prayer, much power. Prayer binds the enemy and opens heaven. It is the plow that breaks up the fallow ground for the gospel seed and ushers in the manifest glory of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Prayer is one of God's primary means of grace to achieve the desire of his heart. Thus, it is not an aggravation or sorry, it is not an a- exaggeration to say that the most powerful person in the earth is the one who knows how to pray. The power is available to you. God will intervene for you. But He's not going to do it until you ask Him. And so many times the devil beats us down. Yeah, but I can't pray. The prayers are bouncing off the ceilings. I don't think I'm getting... I don't even think God knows where I am. Can I tell you, I was praying with my mom this morning who's struggling in her body. And I found myself praying... To God, saying that every time I pray and I speak to you, God, your ears are tuned in to hear what I have to say. Through prayer, we ask God to intervene in our life and in our world. God is waiting for us to ask Him for help. Stop trying to do it on your own. Think of the children of Israel. When they tried to do things on their own in battle, they lost miserably, suffered tremendously. But when they asked God to help them out, they were given the victory, like the walls of Jericho coming down. Like being saved from the plagues. You ever thought about that's a side note. You ever thought about the plagues? Can you imagine? My wife has a fit when there's a tree frog in the house. One. One. When we pray and we ask God for his help, he gives us his power. Not our strength. He gives us his strength. Not our wisdom. He gives us his wisdom. Let me keep going. When we ask him to help, the devil gets stopped right in his tracks. The plans of the devil get just absolutely annihilated. Can I tell you that God has a plan for your life, but the devil has a plan for your life as well? And it's through prayer that we nullify the plans of the enemy and we embrace the will of God. When we ask Him to help us, it invites God's plans into our life and He fully backs it up with His power. And you know when I pray, His power doesn't decrease where it's not able to help you with your prayers. Psalm 66:3, 3, Say to God, how awesome are your deeds! So great is your power that the enemies Surrender. 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 They shake because of the power of God when we invite Him. Number three, this one is one that I trust is going to hit home with a lot of you, most of you. Our prayers are ageless. Ageless. Let me just read this. It is a voice which goes into God's ear and lives as long as God's ears are open to holy pleas, as long as God's heart is alive to holy things. Listen to this. God shapes the world by prayer. Prayers are deathless. The lips that uttered them may be close in death. The heart that felt them May have ceased to beat. But the prayers live before God. And God's heart is set on them. And prayers outlive the lives of those who uttered them. Outlive a generation. Outlive an age. Outlive a world. A man can pray better because of the prayers of the past. A man can live holier because of the prayers of the past. The man of many and acceptable prayers has done the truest and the greatest service to the incoming generation. The prayers of God's saints strengthen the unborn generations against the desolating waves of sin and evil. Fortunate are those whose fathers and mothers have left them a wealthy patrimony of prayer or a wealthy heritage of prayer. God's conquering days are when the saints have given themselves mightily to prayer. When God's house on earth is a house of prayer, then God's house in heaven is busy and all potent in its plans and movements then his earthly armies are clothed with multiple triumphs and spoils of victory and the enemies his enemies are defeated on every hand every hand prayer becomes a settled and only condition that moves his son's kingdom Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it shall be opened. The strongest one in Christ's kingdom is he who is the best knocker. The secret of success in Christ's kingdom is the ability to pray. The most important lesson that we can learn is how to pray. Our prayers are heard by God and they're kept in His heart waiting to be fulfilled. Our prayers last generations. I think of my life with my mom and dad and some of you have heard this where I went away to boarding school starting in second grade. say, well, what is that? It's like college. You live in a dorm, eat in a cafeteria. I just happened to start in second grade. But I can remember... Um, especially in second grade, but it went on where I would wake up in the morning and I was homesick, of course. I wanted to be with mom and dad. And they were thousands of miles away in a different country. And what some of you may not know is my mother, two things I want to get from my parents. My dad, I want his wisdom. I've always asked God to give it to me. And my mother, the spirit of intercession, My mom will get up at 3 in the morning and she'll pray and read her Bible for a couple hours and then either go back to sleep for a little bit more time of rest or continue on her day. But when I would wake up at boarding school, I'm not telling you something you don't know. Some of you, when you wake up, you don't feel like putting your feet on the floor either. Right? So, I I didn't want to. I I just, you know, I'm a kid, and I want to keep sleeping. No, I don't want this day to start. Uh, I'm at this place and whatever. But I would always remember, so if I got up at 6 o'clock, I would always remember that three hours ahead, my mom had already prayed for me, that I would have strength, that I would be protected by him, that I would be encouraged in the Lord, that I would do well in my studies, all of these things. And I can tell you that it is the prayers of her, the saints, as we read, that has encouraged me all of those years, and they're still coming to pass. The prayers of my mom and dad are still being answered to this day. And you can be here and you can say, well, I didn't have a praying mom or dad you be a praying mom or dad or person. You say, well, I don't have, I'm not married or I don't have children. That's okay. You start that prayer life now, knowing and understanding that your prayers are ageless. If ever we needed to pray for the next generation, now is the time. Hello. So if God is so willing to help us and He wants to answer us and He can't wait to intervene in our situation, my question to you is this, then why are we so slow to pray or ask for help? Why is it? Why is it that when we get a headache, Our mind starts racing, or we get this pain in our side. Or why is it? Why don't why don't we ask God immediately to heal us, myself included? Why is it that we go to Advil? Why is it that we pick up our phone and call somebody to ask them for wisdom? Why don't we ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom? 1 John 5. And this is the confidence that we have. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And we know that if He hears us whatsoever we ask, we... No, K-N-O-W, that we have the request of the things that we asked for. Luke 11, and I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. Period. He promised us that it would. So here comes the practical part. How are we going to implement this into our personal life and into our life corporately? Well, personally, we know the Scripture in Matthew. It says, go into your closet and shut the door. We all know that. That's one way. That's a very important way. Maybe we don't have as much time to do that as we'd like. Maybe we didn't prioritize our time is why we don't have time. I don't know. You have to answer it for yourself. I have to answer it for me. But just because, listen to me, just because I can't get in the room and shut the door with no distractions, that's basically what it's talking about. And if you can do it, do it. Do it. But just because I have other things that need to be done during the way, I'm not going to cease in my conversation with God. You know that I had a business for 28 years and did a lot of driving. In fact, my wife and I were headed out 60, and I over to 27 the other day. And I told her, I said, it's just amazing how many times I've been down this road at all hours of the day, at four in the morning, at four in the afternoon, rain or shine heat or cold front coming through, all of that, wind or just plain hot where nothing blows, all those years of driving and all that time of praying. When I say that you can pray and drive, I'm telling you, you can pray and drive. When I tell you that God will speak to you while you're driving, you can take it to the bank. You can pray while you're driving. You can pray in a doctor's office while you're waiting for your appointment. You can pray when you're spanking the kids. You can pray in the shower. You can pray while you're cleaning your house. Yes, you can even pray while you're laying by the pool. It is said of Spurgeon that he glided from laughter to prayer with a naturalness of one who lived in both elements. With him, the habit of prayer was free and unfettered. He lived in constant communication with God and thus it was as natural for him to pray as it was to breathe. This is the attitude with regard to prayer that ought to mark every child of God. Every child. That's you and me. We ought to be able to shift from doing the daily natural duties to prayer just like that. It's called maximizing your time for the days are evil. Being able to talk to Him. And maybe when you're talking to Him and you have something natural comes up, then when you're finished with that, you can go right back into the conversation that you had with God and continue it on from there. A pastor in Nigeria, it puts it this way. When the enemy meets to plan, let us meet to pray. Have conversation with God that is ongoing. I know there's some people, even under the sound of my voice, who think, well, there's not that much to pray about. I w- Well, let me just share with you a few things. When you're talking with Him, you can bless His holy name. You can thank Him for your, His presence in your life. All you have to do is let do something that breaks your connection with God and His hand lifts from you. Very dangerous, dangerous place to be in. Thank Him for His presence. Declare to Him who He is to you. Have you ever prayed to the Father and said, hold on, and said, Father, I thank you for being a dad to me, for supporting me, for being on my side, for wrapping your arm around me and encouraging me, telling me that you you have something special for me to do. And then shift to pray to Jesus. Hold on. Thanking Jesus that he's like your older brother, that he's interceding for you. At that moment, that he died on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins. And then shift to the Holy Spirit and thank him for what he, the Holy Spirit is to you in your life. I know that may be news to some of you. I do this all the time. I, you say, well, that sounds like you're praying to three gods. No, I'm not. I'm not. But they have different roles in your life. And they're all available to you. All of them. So the Holy Spirit, I thank Him that He comforts me and that He gives me wisdom, that He directs my every step, that He's a conscience inside of me so that when I'm tempted, I recognize it because He's speaking to me. Listen. Prayer isn't always talking. It's listening. He has something to tell you. And if you keep talking, He won't. I won't say it, but shut your mouth. (laughs) Thank him for his beautiful creation every day. Now, I know some of you have no clue what I'm talking about. But for those of you who get up and actually get out the door and go somewhere while the sun's coming up, I will tell you that every single day the sky is different. Every single day. And now I know I've got some of your interest because those of you that have never gotten up that early are like, I don't know if I believe it. Take me up on it tomorrow morning. Just set your alarm. Oh, you didn't have to say that. Yeah, I did. Set your alarm for six o'clock and get up. And while you're driving to work or going to do something, take a look at creation. It's different. And then do it the second day in a row, and I guarantee you that skyline, that sunrise, will be different from the one before. Ask Him during prayer. Ask Him about His will for your life. You want to talk about building a bond, a relationship with God? Ask Him what He's got lined up for you. Ask Him to protect your family and you. Plead the blood of Jesus over your life, over your friends. Declare that your need for Him in your life. I do this every morning. I declare, when I come here to work, I declare how desperate I am for Him to be active in my life in that day. If I don't have Him in my life, It's a wasted day. Maybe that's why we feel like our days have been wasted. I'll leave that between you and the Holy Spirit. Thank Him for being your source of everything. I have an old pastor friend who now has gone on to heaven. His name was Pastor Bay Winnie. And every time that he would come to visit us, We, of course, when they travel, it's so hot. We give them either ice water or some of my mom's famous iced tea. But, you know, when I hand him the cup of water, he immediately bows his head to pray and thanks God for the water. You say, well, that's silly. Well, I'll counter that by telling you that he's raised several people from the dead. So before you think that a cup of cold water isn't something to be thankful for, check in your journal how many people you've raised from the dead. Thank Him for everything. Tell Him that He's your source. Thank Him for your spouse and your children and your friends. Oh, did you have to say that? Yeah, I did. Thank Him for your spouse. Oh, what about those kids? Yes, thank Him for those kids. (laughs) Ask Him to give you an opportunity to share the gospel and be a witness that day. Ask Him to forgive you of your sins. Ask Him to intervene in America. Ask Him to keep His fire on your heart. Thank Him for healing you when you're sick. I was talking when I was praying with my mom this morning. I was asking her this story. And when I was little, everyone in the family had typhoid fever in Africa, except me. I don't know how, why, whatever. But this typhoid fever, it's a high fever and... Um, you get it from contaminated food and water. Like I said, I don't know why I didn't have it, but I didn't have it. And you also get it from being in contact with people that have it. And for several weeks. And there was um, a Baptist hospital that was about, I think it was like 140 miles away from us that we would have to go to. And so we went to the hospital and the, the Southern Baptist missionaries actually called a prayer meeting and, were, and prayed for our family. But there were two single missionaries that were um, there in Africa working with us. And the, these, these ladies came from Scotland. And when they came to us, they were from an organization that didn't allow speaking in tongues. And as you know, being around us, they got the... Baptism of the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. And when the organization found out, they dismissed them from their organization. They said, No, you can't, you're not part of us. So they came to my mom and dad and said, well, Can we, we feel called here, can we just work with you? And mom and dad said, Sure. But these two, these two ladies knew how to pray. And so while we were, our family, was at the hospital, at the Southern Baptist Hospital, these two women came in our house to pray and to stop the disease right there and there. And they, they hold on, they laid hands on the water pipes in our house and rebuked typhoid fever. And do you know, they prayed until around midnight. And one said to the other, we have the answer. We've got the victory. We can go, go home and go to bed. And do you know those ladies got, came out of our house, went to theirs, and do you know those, the symptoms ceased immediately? I never got the typhoid fever. But the stomach pain and the high fever broke immediately at that time. And when we came back from the hospital, they, they told us that they had come to pray. And when, when we asked them, well, what day was it and when time, what time was it? They told us, and it was the exact time. Can I tell you, you, if God has healed you, you need to thank him for his healing power. And then you can ask him to cause you to be a blessing to someone else. Say, well, I thought this was about me. No, it's not. Why would you ever want to go through a day and not be a blessing to somebody? And I know some of you, some of this stuff is like crossing your brain for the first time. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to challenge you. Think about it. Is this not according to God's will? Is this not what he has for us? In closing, let me say this. I can't express to you how important prayer is in your life. I can't you should be excited. You should be encouraged when it comes time for you. I even pray in the night. You some of you have heard me. I have a I have a deal with the Holy Spirit that anytime he wakes me up in the night, I'm going to pray until I fall back to sleep. And I keep that deal. And I pray for this congregation in the middle of the night. I pray about situations that I'm facing in the middle of the night. I pray for Christians in other parts of the world that perhaps are suffering tremendous persecution in prison. Do you know there are Christians who have been in prison for 30, 40 years? Say, well, do you know them? No, I don't know them. I hear stories about them. So I just pray. Ask God to encourage them during this difficult time. Taken out every day and beaten and put back in prison for 30 years. And we're complaining about the price of gas. God help us to keep things in perspective. Prayer also is so important because it builds our relationship with God. It brings hope and encouragement. It draws us closer to Him. It brings God into our world. And allows us to be part of His kingdom in this world. And prayer is important because it's ageless. Because of the prayers that you pray today, God holds them for generations to come. People in the years gone by have prayed for movings of the Spirit and revivals. And it's happened. But guess what? There's still some yet to come. There's still more of God yet to come to this house. And He's waiting on you and me. He's waiting on you and me. I'm going to do things a little bit different real quick here. We're going to go into prayer circles. I didn't warn anybody, so y'all going to be on your toes. If you're a prayer leader, raise your hand and step to your location. The rest of you and you, listen to me. Today, what is our prayer topic? We're going to ask God to cause prayer to come alive in our hearts. We're going to ask him to take us, whatever level we're on in prayer, and give us a passion and a hunger for more of him. And you can, you can, while you're praying, you can pray through some of these things. Just thank him that he wants to communicate with us. He, much, much more than we want to commun- communicate with him. He longs to talk to us.